0: Hey everyone, it's Father Pat, here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings today are from the first Sunday of Advent. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. The days are coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and Judah. In those days, in that time, I will raise up for David a just shoot. He shall do what is right and just in the land. In those days Judah shall be safe, and Jerusalem shall dwell secure. This is what they shall call her, the Lord our justice. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. Your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God my Savior, and for you I wait all the day. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. Good and upright is the Lord, thus he shows sinners the way. He guides the humble to justice and teaches the humble his way. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. All the paths of the Lord are kindness and constancy toward those who keep his covenant and his decrees. The friendship of the Lord is with those who fear him, and his covenant for their instruction. To you, O Lord, I lift my soul. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we have for you so as to strengthen your hearts, to be blameless in holiness before our God and Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his holy ones. Amen. Finally, brothers and sisters, we earnestly ask and exhort you in the Lord Jesus, that as you received from us, how you should conduct yourselves to please God, and as you are conducting yourselves, you do so even more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on earth nations will be in dismay, perplexed by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these signs begin to happen, stand erect and raise your heads, because your redemption is at hand. Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life, and that day catch you by surprise like a trap. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent, and to stand before the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I've always kind of liked uh, the Planet of the Apes movies. I'm not exactly sure why. They're, They're not exactly chock full of hope. But the premise is that, in in the not too distant future, man manages to very nearly destroy himself, and 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 the next men up, so to speak, on on the evolutionary on the evolutionary scale, uh, anyway, are apes who take over the world. I I guess what makes those movies so compelling is that the concept doesn't really seem all that far fetched. I mean, based on my uh, daily newsfeed, it's pretty much even money as to how long uh, it will take us to drive the human race to its demise. Take your pick as to the cause. Maybe it's the collapse of the world economy. I mean, when you start speaking about trillions of dollars in debt as though it's normal, we can't be too far from that, can we? How about a pandemic? I mean, I wouldn't bet on us versus any virus based on the last two years, that's for sure. Nuclear war. Yeah, yeah, that could still happen. I mean, that's old news, really. You know, So, so Cold War-ish, but, you know, it's still definitely a threat. Climate change—that's a big topic these days. Of course, it depends on who you talk to, but I'd still suggest wearing sunscreen at least, and 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 building uh, building anything like a house, building a house on high ground. We may just hate each other to death. I mean, it seems like everyone I meet is angry with somebody, and can name somebody who they prefer rather prefer didn't exist. So, I, I guess we could say, in one way or another, it's just a matter of time until we destroy ourselves. But as for me, I'd rather dogs take over the world than apes. I think we'd be way better off, don't you think? I mean, I love dogs, and dogs generally love me, so I'm, I'm a little biased. But what, what I like most about dogs is this. Dogs expect good things. They're very optimistic creatures, don't you think? I mean, assuming they don't view you as some sort of threat, dogs are always happy to see you, mostly because they consider you as just another stupid human being who will satisfy their every desire. You're a potential source of a dog biscuit or, or a table scrap, so, you know, they know what they're doing. If they turn on the charm enough, you may, uh, you may pet them or, or scratch their ears, so there's that, too. I mean, I mean you've got you've to love it when a, when a dog lays down and rolls over on its back, fully expecting that you're going to scratch its belly. It's a little presumptuous, maybe, but dog on it, they usually get what they ask for, don't they? Heck, these days we even buy health insurance for dogs. And many of them have more than one bed in their home. One in the living room, one in the bedroom, maybe another one on the sun porch. Heck, that's two more beds than I have. Actually, right now it's it's three more beds than I have. But, but that's another topic altogether. So the point is dogs pretty much have us figured out. They get everything they want and basically do very little to deserve it. And we say mankind is the smartest creature on the earth. So in our first reading today, we meet Jeremiah in a very uncomfortable role for him, a prof, as a prophet of hope, because things aren't very hopeful in Jeremiah's world. The, the uh, unfaithfulness of the people has, has led to a, a really a steep moral decline, and, and soon they're going to be conquered by the powerful Babylonian Empire. And, that, and that's what uh, you know, Jeremiah rails on about most of the time. Most people ignore him. Others pe- other people are just annoyed by Jeremiah. Because he never has anything, uh, he never has anything good to say. But in a small portion of his prophecy, which we know as uh, the Book of Consolation, chapters thirty to thirty-three, in in, in uh, the Book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah foretells a day when the Lord will fulfill the promise He made to the house of Israel and Judah. And the best part is this: the king, the the king at that time, a descendant of King David, David, will be just a just king, and a restored Jerusalem will have a new name, the Lord our justice. Justice, yes. Isn't that what we all hope for? Isn't that what I hope for and you hope for? Isn't that what seems to be so lacking in our world today? But one day, Jeremiah says, justice will reign. So expect good things. Hallelujah to that, huh? Those who expect good things act differently than those who expect only more of the same. Remember what our doggy uh, professors have taught us. Because they expect good things from us, they turn on the charm to please us. They wag their tails, lick us, make us feel appreciated and needed. So if we live in the expectation that the Lord will do great things for us, how should we behave? St. Paul has some thoughts on that. His first letter to the Thessalonians uh, that we read from today is the oldest New Testament writing dating back to about the year fifty Christians of that time believed that Christ's returning glory would be in their lifetime. It's a little narcissistic in hindsight i mean geez, if, it, if Christ came back to back to earth back then in his glory, we would have never been born and have never gotten a, a chance at a share in God's glory ourselves with god's love you know, being infinite at all that those people really should have known better but but anyway, Paul writes to them with the express purpose of helping them to prepare for the second coming, which could be at any moment. So his advice we hear in today's second reading, may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, to be blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his holy ones. As you received from us How you should conduct yourselves to please God, and as you are conducting yourselves, do so now even more. As you are conducting yourselves in imitation of them, do so now even more. You know, remember when you were little and mom told you to be good in the month of December so that Santa would bring presents? So for one month a year, every one of us was on our best behavior. Apply that same theory. A little more universally. We expect good things from God, but either out of guilt or out of desire or some combination of the two, we should be acting as though we actually want what He has to give us. In the Gospel, Jesus speaks a hard truth to His disciples. We can experience this world as though it's falling apart. The natural world, the sun, the moon, the stars, the ocean, will reflect the anxiety. An unbeliever will feel in their hearts. But Jesus says to expect good things. He says, when these signs begin to happen, stand erect and raise your heads because your redemption is at hand. Be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the Son of Man. So many in the world will panic and will lose hope, but we won't. Why? Because we expect good things. Think of our dogs again. When we go out for a while, they they wait patiently and fully expect our return. They, they hold their bladders and they don't chew the furniture out of anxiety. They just wait and they remain vigilant. And when the car pulls up on the street of your house, they know you're on the way somehow by instinct, way before you pull in the driveway. And yes, sometimes they have an accident or or do something they shouldn't do, and they look guilty as soon as they see us, but but they know that we will forgive them, and they'll do better next time, or at least they'll try. Dogs live a hope-filled existence, even though we're not always perfectly kind and merciful and just with them. If they have hope, why don't we? Our Master is perfect in every way, infinitely more forgiving and exponentially more patient than we'll ever be. And he's got a whole lot more to offer us than a rawhide chew. A friend of mine has a great devotion to Blessed Solanus Casey. But recently I've discovered him for myself, having been drawn in by his spiritual motto of sorts. Thank God ahead of time. As a young man, Solanus joined the Capuchin Franciscan Friars in Detroit, Michigan and he was sent to study for the priesthood, but he did so poorly in his uh, seminary studies that when he was finally ordained, he he was only given the um, faculties of what was then called a simplex priest. So he could offer Mass, but he could only do so privately, not publicly, and he could not preach or hear confessions. He spent about 20 years in New York parishes before returning to a friary in Detroit. And as a simplex priest, Casey was given just relatively uncomplicated assignments. He worked as a sacristan for a number of years and as a porter or a doorman at the monastery greeting visitors there. But he became so well known for his compassion that people flocked to him for counsel and prayer. He encouraged Mass and the sacraments, but he also ministered regularly to non-Catholics who had heard of his kindness. His consistent advice to anyone who came to him as he prayed with them was to thank God ahead of time. God knows what each person needs, and even trials were for the good and would lead to greater blessings. So many prayers were answered after Father Solanus prayed with or over someone that it was not uncommon for him to meet with people for as much as 18 hours a day. Blessed Solanus helped people to expect good things and to thank God for whatever would come next because he knew that no matter what, it would be a blessing, even if that blessing was somewhat a bit disguised. We begin together this season of Advent expecting good things. Our celebration of the Lord's birth in a few weeks is just a small reminder of the promise that his birth, ministry, death, and resurrection serve to fulfill. So wag your tail and stay vigilant. The Lord Our justice, our redemption is at hand. And thank God ahead of time. God bless you.